0: The flying squirrel sat with her feet on the desk, entirely hidden behind a sheet of newsprint. Canada declares war, she read aloud, not for the first time. Dominion stands with Britain in fight against Hitler. The Red Panda was poring over a city map that was stuck to the wall of the small office with pushpins and did not seem to have hurt her. Do you think it's possible that those are the largest typeset letters they had? She asked, undeterred. Because I am not certain that I could quite read those from space. It meets with your approval, then, her partner asked, a rare smile playing about his face just for an instant without taking his gaze from the map. I just wish it hadn't taken so long, she said, flopping the newspaper down and taking mental note of how long he could go without looking at her. You would have preferred a week ago when Britain declared, he said, very nearly making it to the count of one, but not quite. I would have preferred a year ago when magic wands were being gathered and saddles for dinosaurs were being invented. Hmm, a tougher sell than troops on the road to Warsaw, the red panda said, in no hurry to turn back to the map. But they knew, boss, she said with her brow furrowed. They knew! "'You said yourself, that spy, McCoy?' "'Fitzroy,' he corrected, and it was hard to tell what he knew. "'He worked very hard to give the impression that he knew everything. "'I'm not sure he could have made a case in the press.' "'I guess we'll never know,' she said with a frown. "'I just hope it isn't all over before it begins.' "'As do I, Squirrel,' he said grimly. "'Though I suspect that before this is all over,' We will find the worst is yet to come. That's my boss, she said in a gently scolding tone. Always with the sunshine and lollipops. The door opened, and a small man, who looked like a large mushroom, entered as quickly as he could with an armload of files. Sorry that took a while, the little man wheezed. Everyone wanted to talk about the war. And that takes longer than the regular chit-chat? The squirrel seemed amused. What regular chit chat? The man clutched his files close to his chest. I have been in the city records department since Methuselah was a paper boy, and I have carefully cultivated a persona that invites no chit chat at all. Today, even old Wendell is apparently a worthy partner for gossip. I hope this doesn't last, or I shan't get any reading done at all. We won't keep you long, Mr. Boone, the red panda assured. "'Don't mistake me, young man,' Boone waved his hand. "'I'm pleased to be called on. "'I know I'm not the most action-packed of your agents.' "'He glanced at the flying squirrel with her feet up on his small desk. "'No, no, don't get up,' he said in mock protest. "'For a moment, the flying squirrel seemed to be about to point out that she hadn't been, "'and then she got it and vacated the seat, "'into which Wendell Boone climbed, gasping ever so slightly.' He dropped his cargo of file folders on the desk and mopped his brow, as if quite spent by his adventure outside of his office. "'There we have it,' he said. "'The property records for your burned buildings. All former factory sites, all long, idle, and derelict. "'All near-major transportation lines,' the Red Panda continued, leafing through the files, "'making them ideal candidate sites for new operations.' Wendell Boone gave a small hiccup of astonishment, which resolved itself into a fit of laughter that sounded like air gently escaping from an underinflated bicycle tire. <laughs> I have heard you described as many things, Red Panda, but never as a giddy optimist. I don't recall the last time I heard of one new factory opening <laughs> much less six. Six fires in two weeks, and no one put a thing together. The squirrel shook her head in disgust. Hmm, the city's fire brigades aren't centralized like the police. And the papers were full of breathless war stories and serious opinions, the masked man said without looking up from the file he was committing to memory. No column inches for fires classed as accidents with no casualties. Jack Peters would have put it together, the squirrel said, slapping the folded newspaper against her other hand. Jack Peters is dead, the red panda reminded her gravely. "'I'm sorry. I don't think I understand,' Boone protested. "'You believe these properties might have been revivified?' "'The buildings were still intact, yes. "'In each case, the superstructure was whole.' "'The Red Panda did not seem inclined to answer questions. "'The properties were class as derelict,' Boone nodded. "'But the buildings still appeared on the tax roll.' Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have more complete information than that, but but yes, the infrastructure was still there. But I still can't imagine what could cause industry to spontaneously restart like that after so many years. The flying squirrel dropped the open newspaper on Wendell Boone's desk. Its headline blazed for the benefit of anyone who might be looking in from space. Happy days are here again," she said grimly. <laughs> The chill of autumn may have come early, but no one had told the sun that summer was over. It hung low in the evening sky at an impossible angle, seeming to defy its natural course for as long as it could. In the open spaces where the people of the city lived and moved, everything touched by the light seemed blessed by it. In spite of dangers and an uncertain future, there was suddenly a sense of optimism and of a shared purpose that had been missing for longer than anyone could remember. There were places where this light could not touch. The low alleyways and broken spaces, the badlands of the city. There, the lingering sun only fed long, cold shadows, tendrils of night which seemed ready to envelop all things at a moment's notice. It was into just such a place that a solitary figure ventured with slow, hesitant steps. The bright light of day still blazed on the building tops above, but in the canyon far below the night had fallen hard. The man's shadow was long and lean, but it was a trick of the light, as he himself was stumpy and thick and sweating freely in spite of the chill. He paused and looked back the way he had come, as if unwilling to commit to the journey ahead. He turned back, and his eyes darted through the lengthening shadows above, places that no one would ever think to check, unless they had been hunted by the city's mask protectors before. Shell Swift had, and it was not something he was ever likely to forget, though the experience had not scared him straight either. A fellow had to work. Swift took a deep breath, screwed his courage to the sticking place, and plunged into the black of the alley like a man diving in deep, cold water. He walked for thirty paces, just far enough that the spill of light from the alley's entrance seemed like a far-off island from which no help could come in time. His hands shook, so he plunged them into his pockets and pulled his thin coat tight across his belly. "'Mr. Murray,' he called, "'You down here?' "'You're late, Sheldon,' a voice came from the shadows, "'and a tall, well-dressed man stepped into view, "'his coat open wide enough to show the holstered gun on his left shoulder. "'My friends call me Shell,' the little man protested. "'I thought we was friends.' "'I thought so too, Sheldon,' the taller man replied. "'I thought we were good enough friends to never speak to one another again.' "'Imagine my disappointment when I got your message.' "'You cut me out, Mr. Murray,' Shell said with a disappointed shake of his head. "'I don't understand,' Murray replied with a sneer. "'You were contracted for five fires. "'You were paid the agreed-upon amount. "'What possible cause do you have to feel aggrieved?' "'You wanted five fires, and you got five fires,' Shell Swift said, "'clearly feeling more confident.' Five nice, clean jobs, no squawks from the cops, no investigation, and no dead people. You were as good as your reputation, Murray nodded, until you started wanting more. I started wanting more? Swift was angry now. You and your boys went back to the well for one more score. And did you kick a little extra to extend the professional that had worked out so good for you? Or did you roll into that last place yourself, with enough fuel to run a train across the Rockies and turn this into a double homicide while you was at it? Murray smiled, his thin mustache twisting in response. I haven't heard a word about homicide investigation. An accidental fire caused by a pair of vagrants. Unfortunate people. No ties to anyone. Everyone secretly afraid of knowing them. Terrified of becoming them. "'The citizenry can't turn their heads away fast enough. "'There's nothing whatsoever for you to worry about.' "'Shell Swift snorted, "'That's what you think, Buster. "'Word is the man in the mask is sniffing around on this now. "'He don't quit. "'I gotta get out of town for a while, and that takes dough.' "'The tall man almost laughed. "'Surely that is an occupational hazard "'for a man who lights fires for a living. "'Insurance fraud is a risky business.' Yeah, well, this wasn't no insurance fraud neither, Swift snapped, sounding angry now. What did you say? Murray seemed to grow as cold as the shadows that surrounded him. You heard me, Swift was indignant. Shell Swift don't mind sticking it to the insurance man, but I ain't no traitor neither. The tall man's eyes turned hard, and he drew the pistol from under his arm with a smooth motion. "'That is a great big word for a fool like you, Swift,' he said. "'I wonder who taught you that?' The quiet of the concrete canyon was broken by roaring peals of laughter that came from all around. It was a mocking laugh, one that challenged the man with a gun to turn his attention to the greater threat in a futile attempt to save himself. It had worked a thousand times before, but their foe today was made of stronger stuff. "'Swift, you rat!' Murray barked, pulling the trigger twice in rapid succession. you sold me out!' From high above, there was a rush of wind that seemed to come from nowhere, and before Murray could change targets, the flying squirrel was upon him. She barreled down in a steep dive, her gliders whistling around her, and pulled into a somersault at the last instant before impact, thrusting her feet forward into the gunman's chest with an impact that sent him flying backwards, the pistol skittering away down the alley. He struggled to his feet, looking frantically for his weapon, but the girl was too fast for him. Without pausing to retract her gliding membranes into her squirrel suit, she raced forward and leapt into the air, bringing her left static shoe down through the space occupied by the man's knee, which made him shriek and stumble backwards. Without waiting to see if he would fall, she stepped in with a right hook that made sure of it, putting the tall man down and making sure that he stayed there. "'Murray blinked hard several times, trying to force himself to see straight, "'the gravel and filth of the alley cutting into his hands as he tried to push himself up. "'There was another man in the alley, striding toward him with a purpose. "'He was in an immaculate grey suit with a long coat and hat of the same colour. "'Red gauntleted fists were clenched as he approached, "'and a domino mask of the same red hid his face.' an unnatural light blazing from the blank white eyes. See to Swift, the man said with urgency. Yes, boss, the girl replied, having satisfied herself that the man on the ground was no longer a threat to anyone. She raced off to tend to the victim of Murray's shot as the man in gray halted, looming above him, looking grave. What are you supposed to be? Murray said his tongue feeling thick in his mouth, which was full of the taste of blood. The man almost smiled, but coldly. You aren't from around here, are you? he asked. Murray tried to crawl backwards to put some space between himself and the stranger. I don't have to say anything to you, he sputtered. "'Yet you have so much to confess,' the Red Panda said with a keen energy. "'You identified building sites that could quickly be pressed back into the service of the war effort, and you destroyed them. "'You did it before the Declaration even came.' You burned six buildings before they could be put to work against your masters, and you murdered two men in the process. This is war, do-gooder, the man on the ground howled in protest. I did what I had to. This time, the masked man really did smile, and it was terrifying. Yes, was all he said and he placed his foot on Murray's savaged knee, pressing down hard and making Murray cry out in agony. I won't talk, Murray gasped at last. You are an enemy agent, the Red Panda said with a sneer, and you have been preparing for this moment for some time. You are working to prevent this country from supplying free Europe against you. And since it makes no sense for you to only be doing that in Toronto, you must have a national network. You have a great deal to say, Murray, though I am certain that is not your name. In time, you will know the only name that matters, the man on the ground hissed, and then began to convulse and shake violently as his captor could only look on helpless. Murray frothed at the mouth an instant, and then collapsed, lying still. What happened? the flying squirrel asked, astonished as she ran to her partner. Poison, the red panda said gravely. Probably cyanide. Didn't see him take it. Might have been in a false tooth. How swift. Better than this guy. He thinks he's a war hero now for helping us out. "'We nearly got him killed,' the masked man shook his head. "'We'll need to do better.' "'She batted her eyelashes at him. "'He did light five of the six fires.' "'There is that,' he agreed. "'The flying squirrel regarded the stranger lying on the ground before them. "'It had been a long time coming, "'but it seemed that the war had finally arrived at their door. "'Geez, boss,' she said, "'slapping her right fist into her waiting left hand.' What are we even looking at here? Trouble, squirrel, he said simply. Maybe more than we can imagine. You have been listening to the Red Panda Chronicles number one, Ignition Point, written by Greg Taylor and read by Clarissa Donetta and Greg Taylor for the Decoder Ring Theater podcast. New content creation is powered by Patreon. Look for the links in the show notes to find out how you can help support the content that you love. Dakota Ring Theater, the sound of adventure since 2005. Ah, Saturday's Story Circle in the Mutual Audio Network. A time for the family to gather together and enjoy tales filled with adventure, humor, and fun. Speaking of family-friendly, have you listened to Bells in the Bathory? Catch it on Friday Follies and every other week on Sunday Showcase. It's a time for the family to gather together and enjoy tales filled with stinky puns, odd characters, and bizarre plots, such as they are. Bells in the Bathory on the Mutual Audio Network. It will have your family going around in circles.